Welcome to the Northbrook NextGen Podcast. A podcast created to help the next generation and the parents and influencers who love them. And now on to today's show. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Northbrook NextGen Podcast. I'm Pastor Janelle, and I'm here with Pastor John. Hey, everyone. And we are so excited about today's podcast. We are going to be talking about all things high school. And so we are posting two episodes this month. We just did one on middle school, and now we are going to be focusing on our high school students. Um, And so we're really excited about this um, because we believe that um, high schoolers are amazing, but they're also complicated and sometimes hard to understand. Um, And our goal for this podcast, parents, is to help you understand High school students better. So if you listened to the last episode on our middle school students, um, you might have heard this quote from St. Francis of Assisi, but he says, seek first to understand and then to be understood, which is just such a great reminder that the best way to care for someone is to seek to understand them. And so that's what we want to help you with, parents, is to connect with your high school student and to help them thrive in this season. So I'm going to turn it over to Pastor John, who is actually going to walk us through the meat of today's episode. Yes, so we thought today we'd start off with a little bit of fun. Um, Orange Curriculum, Reggie Joyner, Kristen Ivey, in their book, It's Just a Phase, talk about different uh, phases of high school. And so each uh, grade has a different quote, and I'm going to read it for you. I love these so much. So ninth grade is the phase when friendships shift, grades count, and interests change so often your teenager has to explain this is me now. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, I'm going to college. Um, maybe I should start caring about my grades now. Yes, well, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, 10th grade, the phase when everyone else can, nobody else has to, and one resolute teen will push you to answer, why not? <laughs> why not? Yes. 11th grade, the phase when there's less drama, more stress, and your very busy teenager answers all your questions with, just trust me. <laughs> I am an adult now. Yes. 12th grade, the phase when your emerging adult pulls away, gets closer, does things for the last time, and you both start asking, what's next? Oh, that's so sad. Right? It's like bittersweet. Yeah. So uh, parents, hopefully, if uh, maybe you can relate to that if you have a child in high school in one of the grades. Uh, But we want to start off with some general observations about teenagers in high school and then we'll get a little, uh, we'll go into depth a little bit more about some of the different seasons they go through in high school. So some of the data that's coming out of COVID, uh, coming out of the the season that we've been in uh, about teenagers in North America. Okay, so first, they are more connected and more lonely than any previous generation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They are typically on their cell phones a ton through social media and different apps connecting with their friends. Um, And yet study after study shows uh, that they uh, feel quite lonely. They Mm -hmm. don't feel a deep uh, relationship with many of their peers. Yeah, they're on screens for eight hours or more a day and it's just so overwhelming. Any human brain, um, it just feels so overwhelmed with all these connections that aren't quite real and aren't quite genuine and they're more so observing other people's life than actually connecting them on a deeper relational level yes and so we'll get to some ways to help them connect later on Um, secondly they spend um half the time in person hanging out as previous generations did 
again, um, because they're on their screens, they're less in person, more on a screen, uh, which studies are showing is not great for their mental health. Mm-hmm. No. No, and it, it's it's really sad, too, because the less time they spend with each other in person, um, it, it it's difficult. It's more difficult for them to develop those social skills um, that you would typically get, you know, through interactions with people. Yes, um, they're also at the forefront of the worst mental health crisis that we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Um, many high schoolers are are struggling coming out of COVID um, for a variety of reasons. We'll we'll get to some of those reasons later on. Um, but uh, one of the important things that you can do as a parent is to keep a close eye on their mental health and um, ask them how they're doing really. Mm-hmm. And I think as um, someone, like as I'm not in the Gen Z generation, I'm a millennial and mental health started out in my generation a little bit, but it's not nearly as prominent as it is in Gen Z's generation. And so I think sometimes when you're not in their, um, that you're not in their generation, it can be, hard to understand what their experiences are with with all the mental health crisis going on Um, but it's so important for us to approach that with compassion and and realize that those feelings and those emotions that they're experiencing are very real yes um something else they have a deep fear of missing out uh again tied to smartphones uh they see all their (laughs) friends to be a common denominator here (laughs) unfortunately yes um they see all their friends on social media having great times going on vacations going to parties and so it's very easy for this deep fear of missing out to creep in and um, again can contribute to negative uh, mental health yes okay side note um we don't have to post this but i actually have this own rule in my life where i never post Whenever I'm hanging out with my friends, I never post that online. I never showcase it at all because I don't want to contribute to the the negative effects it has on people's mental health. Because it really does. When you see everybody's living their lives and if you're not invited, it can be so, it can feel so hurtful to students and they can feel not loved and accepted in that moment. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Students' attention spans have gone down uh, to about six to eight seconds. Uh, Used to be 12 seconds. So right now... Um, they're saying that uh, this generation has a, a smaller attention span than a goldfish. So we're losing the goldfish, folks. It's not good. Um, but here's the good news. Here's some good news. You're like, all right, let's get to the good news. Uh, this generation cares deeply about the world um, and about issues going on in the world. And this generation wants to be a part of making a difference. This generation believes that mm-hmm. um, they can make a difference. Yeah. Uh, this generation responds to uh, leaders who lead the way. And this generation knows more about what's going on in the world than previous generations because they're on their phones. They're aware of issues and um, they respond. Mm-hmm. And this generation is going to have a huge impact on on the world and so we as parents as influencers we have this huge responsibility and this privilege um, to help them as they uh, pave paths and go out into the world and make a a huge impact on what our world looks like in the future yeah they have a lot of passion and i think it's such a great opportunity to help them aim that passion in the right direction and they can be these amazing world changers because they have like I said, they have all this passion, and and if they put it in the right direction, my gosh, what an amazing change they can make in the world. Yes. Okay, so let's get to some practical things as parents that we can apply to our to our high schoolers. 
Love me some practical steps. Yeah. So number one, uh, don't think control, think connect. Mm-hmm. Uh, once a student gets, up, gets into high school, um, it can be tempting to want to try to control their actions, control them. Um, but that doesn't work well. <laughs> and so a better approach is to think connect, to think relationship, um, to spend time building that relationship and um, that relationship, that connection with your child will pay dividends down the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I feel like um, in my experience, if there's any, if I'm ever at, in a situation at seven and there's a student that is a little more difficult or, you know, providing some challenges in a certain situation, I will usually try to go and ask them questions, just be curious about who they are. And the more I build that relationship with them, it seems easier to have, um, you know, some of those more difficult conversations with them. And they're able to receive that well because they know that you care about them and they feel connected with you and they know that you actually have their best interest in mind and that you're you're cheering them on. Yeah, so good. Um, along with that, as when you think about connection, also think about how you can help them connect with other people. Um, in a world where they're on their phones a, a ton, um, try to be intentional to encourage them to help them make in-person connections with healthy other mm-hmm. adults, mentors, friends. Yeah, it's so important, and we we talked about in the last episode too about you know in middle school they're they're changing so much socially and they're with their friendships and everything and that just continues through high school and you know we talk a lot about at seven how your friends determine the direction and the quality of your life and that's true no matter what age you are and so we really really encourage you as a parent to encourage your kids to really be picky with who their friends are and surround themselves with the right people that are going to set them up for success that are going to help them be the best version of themselves because it's so, so, so important for them to have a solid group of friends that is lifting them up instead of pulling them down. Yes, and encourage them to be in-person connecting with those people and not on their phone when possible. Yes. All right, uh, next, don't think inform, think interpret. And what we mean by this is uh, students have so much information coming at them in our day. Um, that in fact, the inf- amount of information coming at them can be quite overwhelming. And mm-hmm. so what they need is not more information, but they need your help to help them interpret all the information coming at them. Mm-hmm. Um, they need your help to help them differentiate between wise advice and just plain bad advice. Mm-hmm. Um, to differentiate between someone online who has no idea what they're talking about <laughs> and someone who is actually helpful that can help them live their life well. And so... Um, rather than telling them what to think, help them interpret what people are saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important too for us to, I mean, personally for me, I like to be on the apps that my students are on and not spend all my time on there, but just, just be aware of what the content is that they are they are consuming um, so that I understand the information that they're receiving and I can help them and understand it to help them um, process that as they as we all are consumers of the information that we receive on our apps and social media and whatever we else we let influence us yeah 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 so good mm-hmm. next don't think do it for them think help them do it mm. um, as students get into high school um, it can be tempting to want to just take charge and do things for them so they don't fail so they don't make mistakes but as is appropriate mm-hmm. allow them to do things themselves Allow them to fail. Um, allow them to struggle. 
Um, it's all part of growing up and it's all part of becoming a productive human being. And so um, while you can certainly help and give advice and coach, uh, look for opportunities where you can kind of let go and let your teenager uh, experience what it's like to uh, to be a productive human being that's in charge of their own life. Mm-hmm. This reminds me of a story a parent told me the other day about teaching, you know, letting their son start to do their own laundry for the first time. Wow. And they, you know, were like, all right, this is your responsibility now. Um, here's how, how you do laundry and this is your responsibility now. So, and you know, there would be weeks where the laundry would pile up and, you know, then that, that kid would not have clothes to wear for a couple of days and he'd have to rewear some. But um, eventually he would do one big giant load of laundry and, um, you know, eventually his habits began to change and he realized that that wasn't really working for him. So just a really small example of how, you know, it'd be tempting for us to nag them or bug them about, you know, well, you need to do this many loads a week and like, so you don't have all but like just to have them figure that out for themselves and learn from their own mistakes is so important. Yeah, so good. Rather have them fail at home than fail when they're on their own. Mm-hmm. So let them fail at home. Let them learn at home. You can give some advice, but let them figure it out. Because eventually they're going to have to figure it out. Yep. All by themselves. Yep. Yeah. Uh, next, don't think lecture, think lab. And um, what we mean by that is it can be tempting to just go to the good old lecture when your student, your child doesn't do what you want them to do and they make a mistake. Um, and there are certain times when a lecture or a um, t- sitting down and talking through a decision is certainly appropriate. But uh, more than that, uh, don't, uh, don't think just lecture, but get to a point where you think, how can I give them an experience, a lab experience, uh, where they can try that again, where they can make a better decision, where they can learn, where they can grow. Um, students, when they get to high school, they don't just want to sit down and be lectured. Um, at, they want to uh, try things out. They want to experience things. They want to be um, creators. And so as is appropriate, think about opportunities that you can give your child um, to learn in areas where you see weaknesses. Yeah, I wish it was just as simple that we tell them they listen. <laughs> because it, sometimes it feels like if they would just listen to what I'm saying, you know, then they would, you know, not have to learn it the hard way but sometimes you know oftentimes most times it doesn't work like that for some reason in the way that they are developing mentally they have to learn by experiences they have to learn from doing it and you know not to say that there aren't times where they won't listen to advice or wisdom from you or from someone another trusted mentor um but it's it's just the way that they learn in this phase right now through experiences yes so good. All right, on this next and last point, uh, we couldn't figure out a cute way to do it. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to break from the way that we've done the past <laughs> few points. Uh, but this last point is simply this. Help them have a healthy relationship with their phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a lot in the beginning about all the negative effects of cell phones. And yet, cell phones aren't going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, the opportunity for you as a parent with a high schooler who has a phone, um, rather than, you know, just telling them it's bad and then letting them continue to use it, um, helping them as there's opportunities to use their phone well mm-hmm. and to see the downside, mm-hmm. um, to ask questions like, hey, do you feel better after you've spent hours on Instagram or right. social media? Or do you actually feel sad? Like, how are you feeling? Like, is, are you using your phone and is your phone um, 
actually helping you live life well or do you feel like your phone is distracting you from your important relationships yeah and I think we don't you know we could do a whole podcast on this and we have <laughs> actually yes, smart parenting for smartphones yep. so let's check out that episode but I think years down the road we're gonna be looking back and we're gonna be like wait we just gave kids these things and and we just let them do whatever they wanted with it and um you know because the it the phones are in technology the technology of a phone is designed to make you addicted to it it's designed to make you want to do more of it it's kind of like a drug in a way um and so if we just give students that without any guidance and just let them have it like they don't have the maturity to know how to handle that um responsibility well yeah so true all right, uh, so now we're gonna move into some questions that students are asking in high school. They may not be actually verbalizing this to you, um, but out of uh, Orange's research, uh, Reggie Joyner, Kristen Ivey, and the phases curriculum, um, they've come up with some really good questions that students are asking in high school. And so we're gonna walk through these four questions. Um, they, they might be, in a perfect world, they might be per grade. So in ninth grade, they're asking one question. In 10th grade, they're asking the next. Um, mm -hmm. But more likely, these are just four questions at some point that a student is going to wrestle with in high school. And as parents, if we're aware of that and we can sense that, then we're going to be better able uh, to help them navigate these important questions. All right, let's do it. All right, so uh, one of the first questions that a student begins to wrestle with in high school, they may even already re be wrestling with this in middle school, but it certainly plays out in high school, is where do I belong? Mm -hmm. Where do I belong? Um, and so as parents, when we sense that that is something that our, our teenager is wrestling with, uh, one of the best things that we can do is to encourage and help our child, our teenager, uh, spend time in person in healthy community with friends that are going to be good influences. Mm -hmm. um, influences in high school are huge. And so the more that we can help direct, encourage healthy relationships, um, a healthy sense of belonging with a healthy group in community, the more that our child is going to thrive. And uh, this, this goes beyond just friends. Um, this, is also, uh, this also has to do with uh, mentors, uh, people in their life that can give them advice and help them. Um, once a child reaches high school, you may have noticed if you have a child in high school or have already had children in high school, um, a parent can say one thing and they can just kind of shrug their shoulders and roll their eyes and, and just kind of forget it. Um, but then if another adult says that same thing, suddenly <laughs> suddenly it's gold and they yep. remember it and they come home and they go, hey, you'll never believe what so-and-so said and you'll want to say, oh my gosh, I've been saying that for years. But that's the importance of having other adults in their life. And so as, as students are asking the question, where do I belong? Um, you can guide them and try to help them to experience healthy community. But you can also um, help them have healthy relationships with other adults. And statistically, students that have healthy um, Christ-like relationships with other adults who love Jesus, they have a much greater chance of staying in the faith after high school. Mm -hmm. And so as they ask that question, where do I belong? If we can point them to Christian community and point them to other loving Christian adults who can build a relationship with them, we're setting them up for success. Yeah, it's so good. I love that. What's the second question? Second question uh, is why should I believe 
Mm-hmm. And again, this may uh, this this may become a reality even in middle school, but certainly in high school at some point, um, students are asking questions about the faith that has been handed down to them, mm-hmm. and they start asking some really good questions. And so our opportunity as parents, as influencers, is to allow and celebrate those questions. Um, allow real questions and realize that authentic faith must be wrestled with. Mm-hmm. Um, and you would rather, I'm guessing you would rather them wrestle with their faith in high school in your house than off uh, in a dorm room at a college. Mm-hmm. And so um, celebrate when, when they ask questions, honor the questions, um, be careful not to give cliche answers or just shut down their questions. Um, but um, allow for the fact that as a child grows, it is a healthy part of their spiritual development mm-hmm. to make their faith their own and ask some really difficult questions. Yeah, like we talked about in our last episode, you know, doubt is so, it's not something to be afraid of, but it's something that can actually help strengthen your faith rather than cause you to walk away from it. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. All right, question number three. Third question, how can I matter? Uh, So especially as students get to high school, uh, you'll start to see them look around and ask the question, um, how how can I be a a productive part of the world? What are my skills? What are my gifts? Yeah, like what do I have to offer? Yes, Mm -hmm. and so the more that you can help your child um, discover their gifts and have an opportunity to grow in their gifts, um, the more they're going to thrive and come alive in high school. And when it comes to uh, followers of Jesus, uh, what you'll find is that when we find opportunities for students to use their gifts inside the church setting or inside a context where they can help others, um, they have a much greater chance of thriving in their faith. Mm-hmm. Because in high school, students don't want to just watch Um, When it comes to following Jesus, religion, church, um, they want to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. They want to be active in being a part of it and actually um, not just sitting and consuming. They want to be able to create and be a part of it. Yeah, I wish you could see the look on a student's face when we... You know, identify the gifts that they have and put them to, to put them to work, honestly, and, and give them opportunity to use those gifts and serve. Their their face lights up and they feel so excited that, you know, that they feel a part of this community and they feel that they are bringing value to it as well. For sure. Mm-hmm. All right. And then the fourth question, last question, what will I do? And so this question usually uh, comes up junior year, senior mm-hmm. year. They start asking the question of what am I going to do after high school? And wh- you know, what gifts do I have? What, do, what kind of work do I want to do? What kind of path do I want to pursue after high school? And uh, so as parents and influencers, the more that we can uh, help our high school student pursue an authentic faith with God, um, but then also understand how their skills, their abilities um, can be used by God to be a part of bringing his kingdom down to earth, um, to help our students see that they have a personal mission given to them by God uh, to bring his love and goodness into the world. The more that our students are going to leave high school with a feeling of purpose, um, a, a motivation, a passion for life, And studies show that when students feel like they 
have an opportunity to serve and be a part of what God's doing in the world, they are much more likely to continue on in their faith after high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so good. And I feel like, um, you know, just really empowering them to, you know, pursue the gifts that God has given them and, and encourage, give them opportunities to use that, but point them in the direction of other places that they can use it too. It's just so empowering for them and it'll really help them feel valued and feel like they um, are stepping into who God has created them to be. Yeah, and I think that's why it's so important that as a child gets through high school, that as parents, that we make sure that our goals for them are not just get good grades and stay out of trouble. Mm -hmm. Because if that's our only goals, well, what happens when they graduate high school? Well, if they get good grades and stay out of trouble, then they're like, well, now what? (laughs) But if we can work with our kids to understand that our goals for them are so much bigger than good, good grades, stay out of trouble, that our goals for them is to be a part of what God's doing in the world. And that's something that they can engage in in high school, and that's something they can continue engaging in after high school. Mm -hmm. Um, Then I think we help them make that transition much more smoothly than if we uh, only focus on goals for high school and nothing that, that, that actually makes the jump from high school to real life. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. All right, well, those are the four uh, questions. And so uh, before we wrap this up, let us just encourage you parents that parenting high school students in our day, in our culture is extremely difficult. And so um, just know that we're cheering you on, that we love you. And uh, if you'd like more resources or if you have questions on any of this, feel free to reach out to us. This was just a quick fly through of um, overview of what we can do to help our high school students navigate high school well. Um, But at the end of the day, I want to leave you with this last thought that the best thing that you can do for your high school student is to fight for a healthy relationship with them and lead by example in your relationship with God. Mm, That's so good. Uh, So know that we're praying for you. Uh, We believe in you. We're so thankful for you parents. And as you go about parenting, uh, know that God is with you as well.